Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 140. Today's show is brought to you by Get Healthy Now with Candice. Get Healthy Now with Candice. Candice is accepting new clients who want to transform their lives naturally, especially with plant-based remedies. To find out more, um, look at GetHealthyNowWithCandice.com. And Hunter Creation, graphic design and website designers that can help you get your marketing ideas into reality. And they can also help you with the new GDRP standards. Contact them at huntercreation.com. Sierra Lupe Herbal Consulting is open for business. I am a certified clinical herbalist who started practice in 2006. I offer in-home and distance consultations, custom formulations, holistic care in conjunction with existing diagnosis and medication. Ace High Heat Graphics. If you want custom and printed jerseys, t-shirts, hats, any kind of apparel, contact them. They can help you get your message on your shirts. Contact them at acehighheatgraphics.com. And the Herbal Nerd Society. The Herbal Nerd Society is an amazing, cool, awesome society. Herbal Nerd. It is. That is exactly what it is. And it is also an exclusive membership in which you can partake in the Practical Herbalist website and see some of if you've been on our website, you notice that some of those articles are not open for everybody. Most of them are open for everybody, but some of them are much more complex. And if people are very interested in herbs, then we give you the month. Every month, we're focusing on one herb and really getting very in-depth on it. So it's more like a school on herbs. It is. It's a yeah. growing body of content. Too. Yes. Yeah. You get yeah. a lot, a lot since there's a new article every single week. There's also a, a Let's Talk series yep. that we have uh, featured interviews, real short featured interviews with some of the guests that you've heard on our podcast already. And we also have a, all of the podcasts that we've ever done yes. are available. All the old podcasts are right at your fingertips yes. if you're an herbal nerd. That's right. Yeah. So there's a lot of information out there. And all we're asking is... $5 a month. And if you decide to pay for it all in one year, like you're ready to make that plunge, then that's uh, 50 bucks, I believe. Right. Yep. You get two months for free, essentially. Yes. Yep. So yep. it's hardly hardly a big investment, but boy, you sure get a lot, a lot of bang for your buck. And this is how we support Real Herbalism Radio and the Practical Herbalist website. And you get to view the Practical Herbalist ad-free. Oh, that's right. That's and right. ad-free, yes. There you go. And finally, Occupy Medical. Occupy Medical is a free street reach integrated health clinic that operates out of Eugene, Oregon. We are a 501c3 and our operating motto is healthcare is a human right. You can oh. reach us at occupy-medical.org. <laughs> oh, and I should say, uh, I forgot to say this, the Sierra Lupe Herbal Consulting. Just send me a message at sue at thepracticalherbalist.org. Or dot com. Dot com. Dot com. You should do that. That's what you should do. <laughs> and with that, on with the show. Grief and trauma are a natural and truly healthy part of the human experience, but not so much when they get stuck in our lives or in our bodies. As herbalists, we are often called on to help the grieving process to move forward naturally to help heal body, mind, and spirit. Today we're talking with Ashley Latecki, Ellen Boss, registered herbalist, yoga teacher, and owner of Skyhouse Yoga about natural approaches to grief and protection. Now, here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Welcome, Ashley. I'm so glad you came back to visit with us. Yes, yes. We enjoyed our conversation last time and we're delighted to have you return. 
<laughs> Thank you for having me. So this, I was, I was thinking about last fall in 2017, my grandmother passed on and she was a centurion. She was very important to me and she was an important part of my life. And I took some of what you talked about at the American Herbalist Guild Symposium in the fall and I used some of that and I used the many other techniques I have for myself for moving through grief. But I also noticed around that same time, other people were having grieving problems, you know, things where they were struggling with it. And it got me thinking about how important it is for us as herbalists to know how to help people who are moving through grief, whether it's fresh and raw and the incident just happened or whether it happened years ago and now it's time to face it. And it made me think, I've got to call Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Help me, Ashley. You're my own host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you know, you're so right that I, I think so many people are dealing with grief right now on a personal level. And also, I think collectively, there's a lot of grief for what's happening to our environment and our country in some ways. So I, I think it's a topic that a lot of people are interested in and on a lot of levels people can really be benefited by. And there's so many plants that can help facilitate the healing process. So I'm, I'm really happy to be here today to talk about this with you. Yeah, thank you. Thank so you. One of the first things, of course, acknowledging that you have grief, that's a, that you were you're in a position where you can talk to people. And uh, I understand when people are coming in, because we talked a little before the show, when they come in to get help from you, grief is not the first thing on their list, but is sometimes the first thing that really needs to get, that needs to get taken, <laughs> put onto their list for <laughs> stuff to deal with. How do you come upon that conversation? Sure. It's not, you know, it's not always easy and, it, and it's not doesn't always happen in the first conversation, but I do like to open my initial consultations with um, some questions about a person's childhood. You know, tell me about who you, you know, what were you like as a child? Uh, what was your health like as a child? And um, kind of have them walk me through their early life experiences. And that can kind of give me a sense of what what they've been through, what they've experienced and how, you know, what is the story that they're telling about it? Because, you know, they're going to tell me certain things and, and not other things. So kind of listening to what and how they tell their story gives me a lot of information in terms of where I can go and how I might be able to help. And, you know, not all clients will go there. And so I have to be respectful of that as well. Yeah. So, uh, do you have people that are looking for for things that sound like that give you indicators that it might be grief oriented or are there clues to you that uh, you may want to venture into that field? Yeah, I think there's um, I mean, one thing that I look for is how are they breathing? Um, hmm. So as telling their story, as they're talking, I'm kind of watching their breath and, you know, are they is it like a kind of a labored short breath? Can I feel like, can I see the tension in their upper body? Um, or are they taking big, deep belly breaths? And, you know, they seem very relaxed as they're telling their stories. Um, you know, that can be one indication. Um, I also look for um, just issues with the lungs. In traditional Chinese medicine, the lungs are the storehouse of grief. So if there's been, you know, recurrent um, asthma or pneumonia, bronchitis, you know, issues in the lungs, you know, not always is it associated with grief, but it can sometimes be related to grief and how someone is letting go of things, even as simple as, 
you know, you lost your, your favorite sweatshirt when you were 10 and like, you can't let it go. Like, you know, I mean, there's, there's incidents in in people's lives that they remember, they hold on to. And even if it might not be something as overt as losing a a family member early on, um, people can hold on to those traumas and, and not be able to truly let them go. So I, I look for it in their breath. And I also kind of try to think, try to listen to how they're, how they're telling the story as much as what they're telling. Mm-hmm. I've talked to a couple of Reiki practitioners and some of them have, have repeated this idea that they're just quiet with the patient for a while. And, you know, they're not even touching them. They're just like skimming over them. And that in that quiet time, they notice that people will just start crying or their mind because they have to be quiet during that time. They kind of go internal and the things that come up for them are oftentimes stories of grief. Do you find that with your yoga practices too? Mm, I, yeah. And I, I think that's a great insight from that practitioner because it is in the silence that the grief can start to arise. And I, uh, I do think that, you know, a question that I often ask is, you know, how, you know, where do you feel this in your body is a question I ask. And, Hmm. you know, that sometimes will trigger some emotions or some connection back to how they're actually housing that, that pain or discomfort. Um, And sometimes when I'm also taking their pulses, you know, that's a very quiet place between the practitioner and the client. And so as I'm, I'm physically touching them and getting a read of their pulses and their, their deeper energies, um, you know, sometimes I'll, I can start to feel them tense up and sometimes tears will start to come out. And I just ask, tell me what the tears are about. And yeah. then that gives them permission to tap into, okay, here's why I'm crying. And then more can come through that way as well. So what are some of the ways that you, the plants, I guess, that you reach for when grief is, is coming up for folks? So I love elder. Elder is one of my favorite herbs for grief and for trauma and also for protection um, for people that have experienced trauma and are afraid of, you know, recurring trauma. Um, Elder is a, you know, a lot of us know about this herb as a wonderful immune booster, but it's also been shown in a number of, um, you know, laboratory studies to have a really strong um, protective effect uh, against different bacteria and viruses and um, specifically those that attach to the lung mucosa. So, you know, if we think about the lungs and being the storehouse of grief, and here we have an herb that really specifically targets the protection of the lung tissue, I, I, I really see this as not a mistake. Also, the elder plant has these beautiful hollow branches, and I think of those like the airways of the lungs, and even the clusters of flowers look like the bronchioles themselves. Mm. So there's a lot of doctrine of signature connections there. And I really think of elder as making a connection between heaven and earth and what's above and what's below. And, you know, sometimes things that are deep in our subconscious or things we've had to suppress, um, you know, we don't necessarily always need to mentally process them to move them out. And I feel like elder warms the body. It increases circulation. It increases respiration. And so it can help people to take deeper breaths 
um, and to move energy and to move stagnation so that things can pass through um, without necessarily having to re-experience the trauma again. So are you talking about elderflower or elderberry or both? I use both, but the elderflower is one that I use for trauma more often. Elderberry, I, I like that one when there's actual infection, like you know, um, there's, you know, an actual virus or there's, uh, some sort of bacterial infection, but for more of the energetics and that stimulating of air in the body and of movement in the body, I really, I really like the flowers. Nice. So that's, yeah, you know, I mean, when I've done, I've noticed with acupuncture, I had this idea at one point that you always had to know what it was that you were processing and there was a point in acupuncture where I realized I don't have to know what it is. I just have to cry it out, essentially, just let it go. And for me, a lot of times that ends up being crying, which, you know, it's kind of embarrassing in the middle of the community. It's what you're good at. It's, it's in the middle of community at. acupuncture and I'm weeping, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, okay. My but, philosophy is better out than in. So, yes. you know, how move out. That is so is. true. Yes. And I love the idea of, I mean, Elder Elder has a, like a long tradition of being like the gateway between the worlds and, you know, it's on the fairy mounds and all of that. So I love the idea that, you know, if, if you want to just let the grief go, you can really just ask Elder to take care of that for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Let it, let it, it process it through it. And, um, and allow it just to pass, pass along. So it's, yeah. yeah. And then in terms of protecting you from future trauma, I mean, it was used, um, you know, it was actually required. I think I mentioned this in the AHG talk, but, um, you know, Charlemagne, when he took over France actually required all French households to have an elder tree on their property, firstly, because it protects the house and the land from lightning strikes. And secondly, because it has all the medicine that you need. And um, this idea of it being protective against lightning is, you know, in astrology, the planet Uranus is associated with, un, you know, unforeseen, unpredictable um, shocks like lightning strikes in our lives. And so, you know, elder also is used as a protectant against these sorts of unseen and unpredictable uh, changes and traumas. So I think it, it builds resiliency in our nervous systems, our immune systems. And also I think on a more psychic level, it can protect us from those sorts of traumatic events. Yeah, that is a beautiful thing too. Because I got to say, I tried a few times through the years to get Elder to grow and failed miserably. And then I went through what I call the, uh, what do we call that? The housing crisis mm-hmm. you know, in 2016. At that point, our landlord just called and said, you've got 60 days to move or get out. And it was... They're selling it. Yeah. And it, and it, you know, on the surface, that sounds so lightweight, but we're self-employed. And, you know, I could spend an hour talking about it. It was a crisis. It was I a mean, crisis. it was traumatic yes. and it came out of the blue force. It was like a lightning strike. Mm-hmm. And after the sale was complete, I had the opportunity to purchase an elder and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to put it in. It'll be my first plant in my own place. The house I bought the house yeah, that the- <laughs> they tried to sell out from underneath you. Exactly. The house mm-hmm. I've been living in eight years, the first plant in my own place that I'm actually planting. Nice. <laughs> and it's still alive. Yeah. It's managed to survive okay. my care, which is pretty hard. <laughs> Plants have to be hardy to survive my, my care. <laughs> so. <laughs> so do you pair elder with anything or are you use that singly? 
I off, I mean, when I think when I'm when I'm working more with energetic signatures, I usually just use them on their own. And be, part of that is just because I want my clients to form a relationship with that one plant. Hmm. So, you know, I, I want them to experience elder as the elder mare, as it's called in German, the, the elder mother, or, you know, as this individual um, spirit that's going to be partnering with them. So, um, but if it's, if it's more like, you know, for bronchitis or something like that, I'll often pair it with other, you know, other herbs that have similar actions that I'm trying to, um, address. Mm -hmm. Have you used Mm -hmm. lavender with it before? I haven't specifically, but that sounds really lovely. Is that something that you (laughs) use? (laughs) Yes, I guess it is. Yeah. It's a, such a really nice essential oil to use for people that are in shock or, or they have PTSD from grief or attacks or different things like that. It's traumas. A, traumas. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty nice, nice herb to use. I have found, but uh, it's not for everybody, especially if you're allergic to it. Yeah. Then you shouldn't, <laughs> you should not use that. If you're allergic, avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> So what's another one uh, that, that you find that really comes up often or is really helpful for grief? Um, another herb that I use is um, rue. Rue. But I, I really love this plant. And I, I find that it is really, I mean, it's a low dose herb. So you don't, yeah. you know, you're, you're not going to be brewing a big old batch of tea or taking like, <laughs> you know, a few mils of your tincture. But in low doses, um, I really think this herb has an amazing capacity to unhook. Um, you could call them negative energies or, um, you know, in, in the spirit world in ancient Greece, they called them daimons. But, you know, sometimes grief is, is, is an attachment that we have to an experience that, um, as the Greeks would see it, that the experience sometimes even has a life of its own. So it's almost like we get these experiences that get hooked to us and we can't let them go. And so it's, it's beyond just the human attachment to, you know, this, this process of letting go of someone we love, but of, um, of this sort of psychic hook of, of the experience itself that we can't release. And so I find that rue, it's an anti-parasitic herb, you know, it's a vemrefuge. So I, I find that this one, I, I really like to use in single drop doses, um, for grief that, you know, it's, it's really, the person knows they've processed it, you know, they know that they've, that they should be able to move on, but there's almost like a psychic hook that's not letting them go. Yeah. And this could be from the other world, you know, this could be a hook actually from a spirit itself. And, um, I find that Rue kind of helps to unhook those psychic barbs mm-hmm. so that the person can, process the grief in a way that is more natural or that, um, that they're not as, as emotionally charged from the processing itself. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. I've noticed with patients that I've worked with that are really suffering from grief for a variety of different reasons, compiled stuff that they are one of the indicators to me is that that's their hoarders. So they're Uh, showing their grief by their hoarding and, and they'll have stories about every single thing that they've hoarded. And, you know, it's not always with, because of my mom or because of my dad. 
or what have you, but it's like they're holding on to that past that is gone with a physical way just to keep their fingers on something that a, a time that made them happy or a time that was so distraught that they just need to hold on to it to, until they could figure out how to turn it into something helpful for them. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So something like Rue and even, um, you know, growing Rue around the house or um, you know, just there's different ways of using Rue other than just having to take it internally. Um, so, you know, smudging with Rue or, um, yeah, I, I just like to have bundles of it around my house, too. And it just really works to help clear um, clear spaces. The Journal of Functional Herbalism is a free online journal promoting the integration of traditional Western herbalism, clinical nutrition, and functional medicine. It's published by the Eclectic School of Herbal Medicine, and you can find the Journal of Functional Herbalism at functionalherbalism.com. You know, another herb that just, I, that when you said some of the clients you work with, that they, um, that they have like kind of com- compounded traumas. Mm-hmm. Um, made me think about a ghost pipe. Have you guys used that plant? We have it growing around here. Yeah, I haven't used it for grief. So it's really interesting. Um, I was was listening to a podcast, which is one thing that I I do love to do. Um, (laughs) Oh, good. And I love listening to yours and, you know, a number of other ones out there. It's a really fun way to, to continue staying up on your... Um, your herb studies. Um, but um, Sean Donahue um, gave, oh, yeah. was uh, giving a really interesting um, talk on, on ghost pipe or actually I forget what it is even on, but, but ghost pipe came up and he said, it's, you know, it, a lot of people use it for pain because it's a really good pain reliever, but he was saying that it's actually also really, really helpful when people have been abused or there's, um, there's trauma that is compounded and that the most recent trauma is triggering all of the past traumas. And so it's not even like they're processing the current trauma that has happened, but they're so overwhelmed by all that it's brought up from them. For it them. sounds like it's almost like a net like effect. Yeah. And so if you think about, you know, the way that ghost pipe is sort of looks like almost like a it has its own, you know, grows almost like a mushroom and it has this connection to the mycelial um, network of the earth. Mm-hmm. And so Sean talks about how it kind of like retrains the neural network and our perception of pain and trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And there's your, that connection to the mycelial network. There's your net right there. Yeah. I mean, that's in the blueberry yeah. family and blueberries are very connected too. So I guess that's just part of their family. Mm-hmm. They're really connected men. <laughs> but so are you using tincture or? I'm using tincture in low dose, you know, usually like three to 10 drops, something like this. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Uh, on a, like daily or a couple times a day or? Just once a day. Um, you know, I mean, if there's physical pain that's coming up with it, um, I'll go more on the the higher dosage. But if it's really more of like, deep grief and, and like just deep, overwhelming emotional pain. That's just almost like a depression. Um, then using about three drops or so can just sort of help to clear the current pain and also kind of work into the past pains and just sort of help to loosen the grip of those on a person as well. Mm, Wow. 
that that's it's an for amazing plan. Is there like a, <laughs> a do you only use it for a certain amount of time or because I'm I wonder about it being a low dose. Sometimes people will use low doses for just a few months or just as as per whatever the need is of the patient. Yeah, I mean, with with a lot of the more spirit based herbs, I usually say take it until you feel like you don't need it anymore. That makes sense. You know, sense, it yeah. feel like okay. You know, when you feel like your things have resolved, or you feel like you've gotten the support that you needed from the plant, you know, then just and, and most people very naturally, kind of organically, will stop using an herb. They'll get just sort of you know forget about it. Um, yeah. You know, they'll use it religiously for like a month, and then you know slowly they'll just use it less and less until they, yeah, it's just, it's not needed anymore, but then they always have that, that memory in their back pocket that they can come back to if they need it again. Nice. Wow. It's pretty impressive. I, I wouldn't have pulled the ghost pipe out. That's no. that, I got it. Now I got to go jump into that plant and find out about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I have seen it growing on the trail here in Oregon multiple times and just, just simply admired it. So yeah. Now my admiration needs to go a little deeper. Is there another um, plant that you like using that you have in your grief protocol or maybe yoga position that you like using? Yeah, there's a really great heart breath um, exercise that I like to use. And, you know, this is for people, this wouldn't be for someone who's like in acute stages of grief, Um, can be a little bit too intense for them. But for someone who is, you know, maybe it's, it's like deeper grief that they can't quite access, but they really, they want to get to it. Um, the heart breath technique is really powerful and you basically lie on your back and you find support. So maybe a pillow under your knees and, you know, a pillow over your head or not over your head. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's a different one. Yeah. That's a whole different one. (laughs) That's not going to be comfortable. Um, but just finding a really comfortable, relaxed position. And then you relax your jaw and you breathe in and out through your mouth. Oh, wow. Hmm. And it's, it's intense, you know? Um, so, you know, I often do this, I've done this with clients in sessions before where I can really kind of help guide them, but, um, you know, doing this for, you know, about maybe five to seven minutes of just inhaling. And you imagine as you inhale it through the mouth, you're bringing the breath into the heart. Mm -hmm. And as you exhale, you're bringing the breath from the heart and, um, back out through the mouth so that it's this, this sort of giving and receiving of the breath or the prana or the life force with the heart energy in the lungs. And you just keep going back and forth. And, um, it really does. I mean, it really changes. It's, it's, it alters you in a way where, you know, you can start to access things. And most of the time it, you know, people cry. Um, it, it brings out tears, especially if they're really repressed tears. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, that's by going in and out of your mouth, you're giving it the opportunity to be digested because that's the beginning of digestive tract. You know, that's the beginning of how you digest things. And a lot of times that grief that gets stuck is undigested. It's an experience you haven't gone through. Yeah. You haven't like fully integrated it. You haven't found all the pieces of it that are the important ones and then let the stuff that isn't important finish going. So by going through the mouth, you're bringing it back up and saying, okay, let's digest this and be done with it. Let's mm. let it go. Bring it to the mouth. Like you're bringing it to a place where you're going to have words for it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So with all of that, it seems like people would need some fortification 
is that uh, like I mean I was I was mm-hmm. thinking like they'd be just crying out all their electrolytes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, you know, I think in the last podcast, we we talked about um, nourishing infusions. So, you mm-hmm. know, if I'm going to be doing sort of deep, you know, release work with a client, I'm going to want to make sure that they have deep nervines like oat straw and, you know, maybe some um, passion flower and skull cap and just other, you know, herbs that are going to be new, nutritious and, um, and deeply supportive so that they, yeah, that they don't overexert and, and deplete themselves further. Mm-hmm. And my favorite nettle, man, uh, I just, yeah. I just yeah. like throwing nettle at people. Not, mm-hmm. not when it's fresh so that it hurts them. Just to, you know, I don't want that rumor to spread. Sue throws live nettle at people. No, that's not true, folks. Well, you did that one spring when we were harvesting. That was just you. I know. It was just But I'm people. Well, (laughs) technically. It's not debatable. All of my flock says I'm definitely people. Except for Candace. I don't throw (laughs) nettle at people. But, you know, more metaphorically, this is such a great nutritive herb and it really helps you and... You know, it has all of those wonderful electrolytes in it. So restorative. I can see how it would work with oat straw and passion flower and, and skull cap. I know it's part of one of your formulas. You know, throw throw your secrets out there to the general public. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like at least, I mean, I'm just thinking about nettle. It grows in swampy. It likes, you know, the damper, damper conditions mm-hmm. and damp is often associated with emotional stuff mm, you know yep. and it's yeah. it's gently warming yeah. so mm-hmm. you know a lot of times emotions that stop moving end up getting cold and you know it's like a like a iceberg an you iceberg know? you know like people who are not emotional are often described as being frosty or oh yeah ice cold cold hearted ice yeah. queen all that so you warm yeah. it up a little bit and you get that energy moving yeah. So it seems like that could be really nourishing. Or as they called me, heart of stone Sue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's a that's such a great point. And I think two nettles is like because it has the the um the stingers on it, I think of it also as a good boundary keeper. So um not only not only does it move all of the energy that might be stuck, um, but then it's also protective in that way of, you know, like you know, you can only come close if you know how to handle me. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Right. Do you throw warming herbs into that too? Or do you think that's almost a little too much for people in deep grief? I, you know, I, I, I found that sometimes nettles can be a little stimulating and a little drying. So mm-hmm. if I'm really working on nourishing and trying to, um, you know, calm a person's nervous system. I usually use more like oat straw as my base. And then I will kind of feather in other herbs that are, um, you know, that are going to be a little bit more, I don't want to say sedative, but more kind of like more of our relaxing nervines. Um, I do use some warming ones like catnip is a really great one for people that tend to bottle up their emotions and then they sort of explode. Um, whereas chamomile, Matthew talks about it being more for sort of the whiny type, the person that's like constantly complaining about everything that's wrong. Um, so I'll, you know, depending on how a person is holding their emotions, I'll sometimes throw in catnip for that explosive type or bottled up type, or I'll add some chamomile, which is also warming for, um, you know, that sort of like, I'm 
it's I'm just gently whining all the time. Yeah, for whiners. Okay. For the whiny babies um, in us all. And catnip for yes, firecrackers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you totally got it. So um, but yeah, so I mean I'm not adverse to using warming herbs mm-hmm. when when they're needed. Um, and especially if a person is kind of running more on the cold side. Mm-hmm. I'd never thought of chamomile as being warming. I, but then oh, that's not my, that's, this is not my scope. You guys are, you guys are talking your own language here. <laughs> I, I have so much to learn about this whole energetics field and appreciate being gentle with me. <laughs> well, so, so chamomile does have some bitter compounds. So it does have, you know, bitters tend to be more on the cooling side. So a lot of people think, oh, it's, it's, you know, bitter or if it's, if it's bitter, it's cooling, or if it's relaxing, it's cooling. But, um, you know, chamomile also, um, it's a carminative, so it helps yeah. with digestion. So it um, it does have those volatile oils, which tend to be more on the warming side. So it's, you know, in some ways you can think of it as being, um, you know, cooling to the emotion. And it's also warming for the physiology because of, um, you know, its effects on digestion. So it's, it's a very common thing to think that you know, um, you know, the, the bitter, the bitter equals coolings, but, um, I know energetics, I'm always, I'm, there's so many times where I'm like, I swore that was a cooling herb. And then as I really <laughs> look into it, I'm like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. But yeah. the truth is different traditions actually have different descriptions. So, you know, the Chinese will say one plant's cooling and the Ayurvedic practitioners will say it's warming. So yeah, uh-huh. it's kind of, yeah. The whole, it's a whole big thing. Yeah, it is a whole big thing. <laughs> yeah. I like Paul Bergner's thing. He says he's got like a specific process of how to taste an herb. And he's like, you should taste everyone. And you can tell how does it make your body feel? Does it warm your body up or does it cool your body off? Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I was like, oh, that's really practical. <laughs> well, we made up these terms and all the, the plants themselves are not cooling or heating or whatever. We're just putting it into our own language. Yeah. That's, that's the human construct. Right. So, right. you know, yeah, that's my opinion. <laughs> there you go. It's free for there everyone to have. But what I'm wondering, <laughs> have you, have you worked with borage at all? Borage. As a, like for nourishing or with grief? I have, I've, I haven't worked with it as a plant. I've worked with the flower essence for courage when there's, um, a sense of deep grief and sadness and the person just really needs the courage to sort of rise up out of that, um, misfortune. But I, but I haven't used it as a, um, as an herb before. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about it? How have you used it? When I end up using it, I usually use it if I know it for me, it's like, that's the warrior herb. So, you know, stuff's going to go down, you know, something's coming, mm. you know, so you just add a little bit of borage to your regular nourishing tea every mm-hmm. day, you know, and I don't use tons of it. And I, I use leaf and I don't worry about the, what is that called? The PAs or whatever the. Yeah. That yeah. Pure PA. yeah. I don't worry about those. I'm just like, this is not necessarily, I'm not going to be using this for years on it. And you're not using enough of it for it to be a problem. No. So yeah. I add that to my tea. And then if I didn't see it coming or after it's done and I need to recover, and I have to just kind of, that's where you're like pulling yourself back up out of it. Because when you go through traumatic things or you're dealing with a grief is coming or whatever, when you go through that, sometimes it's hard to find the energy to step out of it and return to regular life. It's kind of like, yeah. you know, it's almost as if sometimes it gets, it's almost as if 
your life has become the giant shamanic circle and you don't know how to step out of that circle and go back to just normal functioning. So for me, that's where yeah. Borage, is, Borage is really wonderful for helping that transition. It's got nutritive aspects. And then even in tea form, I find it brings in that energy of, okay, now you're, you're rebuilding and you can move out and you don't have to move out like a warrior in crisis. You can move out like the returning hero who has something to teach. Yeah. So it's a, like helps with that mind shift. I've used it in heart blends with hawthorn is it's got it's got some magnesium in it vitamin c that's to justify it with people that have some cardiovascular issues and for but mostly like for people that they notice that they're they started having cardiovascular issues right after they had some kind of loss or they felt disempowered in some way and it Mm -hmm. seems to kind of help them get their their feet on the mm-hmm. ground and I'm not sure what that what to credit that for but it it is it's tasty so that really helps <laughs> you know and and for things that are that deeply nutritive because they move so quickly on so many different levels then it seems like it brings people's confidence back like they can yeah. be healed look yeah. at look at the success I can be healed I'm not as broken as I thought I was and that yeah. kind of confidence building is something that I th- a lot, particularly a lot of new patients really need, you know, so, Makes sense. yeah, so, uh, yeah, I you love that. Like that. Yep. Good herbs. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being with us and you've certainly given us a lot to think about and uh, a couple of plants I'm going to have to do some research on. Yeah. <laughs> Look what you've done, Ashley. Look what you've done. <laughs> and how can um, people get a hold of you? Do you have people can get a hold of me. Um sorry there was a little delay there. Sorry. <laughs> uh people can find me on uh, my website skyhouseyoga.com and they can also email me at skyhouseyoga at gmail.com. I'm also on social media a lot. So if folks want to see pictures or videos of what I'm up to in medicine making, um you can follow me on Instagram at Plants Whisper Yoga. That's all together. And also on Facebook as Ashley Latecki Ellen Boss. So I hope I love I love interacting with people online. Um, that's how I do a lot of my work. So um yeah, I, I hope people can stay connected with me that way. Well, and if folks want to get together with you in person, you do have an herbal retreat coming up fairly soon, and it's not just gonna be you. Right. That's right. There's going to be not that not that you aren't worth an entire herbal retreat alone. It's the magnificence of Ashley (laughs) plus the magnificence of others. Yes. Be this magnificence bouquet. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like a very small little dandelion among these great uh, teachers of mine. Yeah, I'll be leading a retreat with uh, Matthew Wood and Margie Flint. Um, in late summer, early, um, early autumn. So, uh, I'm really excited. We're going to have a focus on clinical diagnostics. So it'll be wonderful for people who have some background in using herbs and working with them who want to learn more about facial diagnostic techniques and pulses and tongues and, um, the specific indications we've been talking a little bit about. Wow. That sounds great. That's going to be really fun. And people will be able to find that on your uh, link to that on your website. Yep. When that comes up. Fabulous. So 
And um, we'll have links in the show notes for folks yeah. so you can get all the dates and all the details. And please, folks, uh, keep your eye on her website because she also has apprenticeships that come up throughout the year. There's a one coming up in fall as well. Yeah. So she, this Ashley person is no slacker when it comes to teaching people in the community. And we are grateful for that. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate your time and your wisdom. Thank you so much. And it was such a joy of being with you. And yeah, Borage, I'm totally going to go on a Borage quest now. (laughs) (laughs) May the Borage be with you. And also with you. (laughs) Thank you so much, ladies. All right. Take care. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA. They're not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.